so much welcome to spiritual fortitude this is episode seven and i am dr angela kennel your ambassador of grace and i am so grateful that you are taking the time to listen in with me today um this particular episode is uh very near and dear to me um being that it is mother's day weekend uh i wanted to just take the time to kind of talk about um a very very big group of us that um are not really um dwelled upon when it comes to mother's day weekend and those that's those of us that uh no longer have our mothers here on this side um i uh dealt with the transition of my mother um october of 2017 my mother mrs stella w kennel um beautiful woman inside and out and um, I just wanted to help out um, not only myself but I wanted to help out those that I am aware of personally be it family friends co-workers that um, are having to walk this same journey and I feel like if I share um, my personal journey that it will uh, help them to uh, to just keep 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 on keeping on um it's one of those things that you really can't um advise upon um wholly i guess emotionally until you deal with it yourself but it is um an experience that we all must go through um at some point in in our lives um especially if we you know don't um 
if we outlive our parents then then you know that that is the situation that that we must face so with that being said um I want to first uh just introduce you to my guest I'm very excited to have them here um, I'm going to tell you um how that came about but uh I do want to just give you a little bit of information um about them both so I have mental health therapist Marcus Jones uh, Marcus is a results-driven therapist that assists individuals in managing symptoms of mental illness, maintaining sobriety, resolving motivations for self-defeating thoughts and behaviors, and improving relationships. His experience is inclusive of adolescent and adult populations. Marcus employs multiple evidence-based treatment approaches, which include existential therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectal behavioral therapy and solution focused he understands that when individuals come to treatment they have taken a courageous step in improving their lives and he does not take this lightly marcus is genuine empathetic and an active listener marcus's passion is to help individuals improve their lives marcus is a licensed professional counselor certified alcohol and drug counselor and certified anger management specialist he earned his master of science in mental health counseling from the university of the southwest master of business administration from ashford university and bachelor degree in organizational management marcus has been practicing mental health counseling for six years during this time he has provided counseling services in individual, couples, family, and group capacities with experience in a range of settings from community counseling to outpatient treatment settings. He has worked in the field of mental health for 15 years in various capacities from direct care to leadership. He has an in-depth understanding of the different levels of mental health care and how they can best serve individuals. With a healthy blend of experience, Marcus is fully prepared to assist individuals on the path to a better life. Marcus can be heard on 102.6 The Situation every Monday morning on The Morning Machine at 9 o'clock with Mental Health Mondays. Thank you so much for joining me today, Marcus. <coughs> Thank you for having me, Doc. Absolutely. I'm excited. Mm. Now, my second guest, is Mr. Jarvis M. Jordan. Jarvis is a philanthropist, life coach, entrepreneur, IT professional, and soon to be author. He is the esteemed father of three. His passion is to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed while assisting individuals with identifying their passion which leads to their purpose. Jarvis earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Computer Information Systems from DeVry University. He went on to earn an MBA, oh y'all got something in common, okay, from Keller Graduate School of Management as a certified life and business coach and owner of Passion and Purpose Coaching. Jarvis aims to help people with their personal and professional goals toward achieving what they were truly created to do. He is the founder of nonprofit organization Odessa Jordan Incorporated. Jarvis serves the community as a youth caseworker, mentor, and motivational speaker. As a CEO, he oversees the day-to-day -day operations of JMJ 
Incorporated and Situations Media Entertainment Incorporated. Coach Jarvis can be heard weekly on 102.6 The Situation, motivating listeners during Mindset Monday, which is around 9.30 on The Morning Machine. And as a part of the crew on the show, you've got mail, messages from him every Saturday. His monthly podcast, The Seven Symposium, gives rising entrepreneurs and leaders the opportunity to exchange ideas and concepts towards making an impact within the community. In 2018, he was inducted into the National Society of Leadership and Success, and he is currently writing his first book with a release date, summer of 2021. Welcome to Spiritual Fortitude, Jarvis. Thanks for having me, Doc. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Mm, I have uh, two gentlemen (coughs) that I am very fortunate to know. And um, how this came about is that I was listening to The Morning Machine, like I always do on Monday mornings. And I listened to Marcus from 9 to 9.30. Then I listened to Jarvis at 9. He came on about 9.35. And he started talking about... grief and being there for individuals in his circle that he truly cared about and he wanted them to know how he understood um, what they were dealing with because these particular individuals um, have lost their mothers and of course at that point I got teary eyed and I listened uh, to um, Marcus chime in, and the exchange between the both of you was phenomenal. And I knew right then and there that I needed to kind of change um, the direction of of my uh, of the the way that I wanted the episode to go. I really wanted you guys to come back and just finish the dialogue, um, not only to help me, but to help others. So thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for taking the time to be it's here a today. Pleasure for me. Thank you. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Same here. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, just open up a little bit with me um, and my journey. Uh, as I stated before, uh, my mom uh, transitioned October 5th of 2017, and uh, that changed my life forever. That is something that you cannot prepare yourself for. I don't care how much you try. Um, But when it happened, I felt like something was ripped out of my chest. Like a part of me was ripped. And I'm just being transparent right now. I'm being real with you. Uh, But I never, (laughs) I never came to a point where I was like, what am I going to do? Because the woman that my mom was, she already, and I didn't even realize it, she had already left what needed to be left in order for me to do what I needed to do as her daughter. And I did not know with the information that she had given me, I can't say whether she knew, you know, but it was like I didn't have time to grieve. I did not. I went into the mode of, this is what she was talking about. This is what I got to do. All right, let me pull it together. I got I to rock it out. I got to handle things. My, mo- my mother was an entrepreneur, too. 
So, you know, with me knowing everything that I knew, I was able to join forces with my father and my brother in order for us to handle her business, um, which really wasn't a lot because she handled it herself. Man, I, I, I can't even go into it, but my mother was a smart woman, smart businesswoman. Who you know leave this world <coughs> with no debt? Not one bill unpaid. Who you know leave the world like that? Those are the things that were impressed upon me. Those were the things that she's always tried to instill in me. So for that to happen, um, I I really had to go into her brain. And, and you know, even it was like the day after her diagnosis, um, and she did, she passed away from um, stomach cancer. And she just started telling me stuff telling me stuff and I'm like wait hold up what why are you telling me all this she was like because what's in my brain need to be in yours you got to carry this on so what I know you need to know and I just sucked it up and was like okay so from the point of her closing her eyes and yes she she was with me when she transitioned um that in itself and I and I really never called it what it was until recently. That was traumatic for me. And I didn't realize that it was. I did not. I just accepted it as, okay, you, you, that's, that's a vision you're never going to lose. That is something you're, you're not going to forget. And I think the one thing that I did do, I took the joy in it. And the joy in it, and I know you probably saying the joy, the joy in it. My take on it was when she closed her eyes, instead of her seeing me, she saw Jesus. And I'm a true believer that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's what I take with me. That's what I hold on to. Does it help the trauma? Not really because I'm still in that house. I'm still there. So that's something I see a lot. But I am grateful that she does not have to suffer anymore. I'm thankful for that. And I hope that me sharing this does not offend anybody. And if it does, I really don't care (laughs) because I'm talking about my journey. So with her being gone and having to handle everything, I did not give myself a chance to grieve. We had to, you know, go home and, and you know, get things together. I can say that I have a supportive family, her siblings, um, my aunts and uncles, my cousins, everybody gathered around and made things happen. And I'm truly grateful for that. Um, my father you know, handling the business the way that he needs to, my brother even doing the same. And the amazing thing is the the day before my mom died, she had admitted to us um, just being transparent. And she was like, you know, I always thought that if something happened to me, you and your brother were going to be some wimpy crybabies. She was like, but y'all showed me. You've been doing everything, taking care of me and everything. And I'm grateful for that. We laughed it off like, man, please, we come from you, you know. <laughs> why would we be whippy crybabies but 
that was a, a side of strength that she didn't know that we had. And I admitted to her, I was like, I've watched you. I've watched you for years. So I had no choice. I watched you take care of your own mother. I watched you pitch in to take care of your grandmother. I've watched you take care of some of your siblings. I ain't have a choice but to take care of you. You're my mama. So to be able to say that, um, I was glad that I shared that, that, um, that moment with her. But back to my journey. Um, going home, handling everything, doing what I need to do. I wrote the obituary. I put the program together. I found her suit to wear. All of that. Still no tears. Nothing. I didn't even think about it. And my brother was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, mm-mm. You gonna break. I was like, I'm good. And I really thought I was. Until the day of her funeral. And from from the time she transitioned up until the day before, I was consoling her friends. I was consoling other relatives. I was being the one encouraging people. I just thought I was that rock. I was like, okay, I understand about transitioning. I understand all of that. But I still hadn't cried. And... um. And and after I tell this part, this is where I I welcome you guys to come into the conversation. But went to the funeral, beautiful service, went to the cemetery. And they did, you know, the whole ritual with that. And all I remember is standing up. And all I saw was black. Everything went black. And I felt like I was alone when nobody around me, even though it was so many people, hundreds of people, but all I saw was black. And all I could do was scream because I felt like I didn't have nowhere to go. And I had a cousin to tell me that she had never heard a scream like that in her life. And I remember being sat down in a chair I remember my dad coming to get me putting me in the car and I have a cousin and I'm gonna and and Mel don't be mad at me I'm gonna shout you out her name is Melanie and Melanie got in that car and went in my ear and started praying over me to God and that is what brought me back prayer changes things ladies and gentlemen when you have nothing else left always revert to prayer always I will always be an advocate for that because that's what brought me back but the whole thing of carrying on was very hard Um, people can't tell you how to grieve they can give you strategies which I'm going to listen in on today but to say don't cry to say don't feel away <laughs> that that's kind of hard to do because your emotions are everywhere and you really feel like it's not gonna get any better but I am um I'm a, a testimony in itself the the pain doesn't leave but God makes it bearable for you and I think that's because he carries you 
and gives you the strength that you need to get through your day. And you gotta you, you gotta let them in every day. But I also have seen where grieving can make somebody sick. It can change the trajectory of their lives because they're being careless with their emotions. And this is where Jarvis and Marcus come in, you know. How do you cope with grief? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the trauma? How do you get past it? How do you do that? <clears throat> well, the first thing, there's just a couple of things that we have to realize when it comes to grief mm -hmm. uh, and grieving. And even before we get there, as human beings, we, we have this tendency to uh, operate functionally impaired. Mm -hmm. That isn't, that's not just related to uh, using substances, that's also related to being impaired uh, from our emotions. Mm -hmm. we, we, we are strong and, being, and having strength can be a gift and a curse because you're strong enough, right, to withstand what comes to you, but mm -hmm. then also you're strong enough to suppress the emotions that you're having. Mm -hmm. right. And so then when you're operating and uh, when you're operating and engaging in things, right, there is an impairment uh, there's a mental impairment, right, because of those emotions that you've suppressed. You, you've detached yourself from those emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that's why a lot of times a lot of us find ourselves in that situation, right, right. because you're, you're, you're engaging in those things, doing everything you needed to do. You, got, you, you uh, wrote the obituary. Mm -hmm. You got your mother uh, suit together. And then when it all came down, then there became the detox right. of gotcha. those emotions that came out of you. Okay. That wasn't even the start of grieving. Wow. That was just a detox of your emotions. Right. De grieving is is complex because it's it's a it's an emotion, but it's also a process. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so so if you put those together, that's an experience. Yeah. So grief is an experience. Yeah. Uh, and so and so getting through that experience, it never goes away. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that. Uh, with emotions, nobody can ever tell you not to feel. Right. You can't help but to feel. Right. Uh, nobody can't. Nobody can't ease your emotions but you. Mm -hmm. Right. Grief never goes away. You just live around it. Yeah. Uh, and you just create this. You you just create this cushion in his life around it to be able to cope with it, uh, and to be able to deal with it. And so, you know, I, I just want to, you know, if I could set somebody free, mm -hmm. you know, and just let them know that it, it never goes away. Yeah. Right. You uh -huh. just you just learn the tools that, to cope with it uh, and to deal with it and to deal with those thoughts that associate that that are associated to triggering uh, those feelings. Right. Yeah. Because our emotions are triggered by certain anniversaries, holidays mm -hmm. uh, and things like that yes. trigger our emotions. Uh, uh, and, and the grief comes back up. So yes. it never goes anywhere. But how do you address it? You deal with the thoughts, right, that mm -hmm. trigger the emotions. If right. you're able to control those thoughts that trigger the emotions, uh, and, uh, then you'll be able to have a better grasp on dealing with, with your grief. And when he think, and when he actually um, speak in terms of those thoughts, that's the reason I focus a lot on mindset mm -hmm. because the battlefield starts there. That's true. And you have to be able to control everything with the way you're thinking. And because you're actually at a point in your life at that moment when you're grieving mm -hmm. where you can't control your emotions. Right. But you can control your mindset, mm -hmm. which will govern your emotions. 
mm-hmm. you get, you have to put yourself in um because grieving is not only um difficult to do it's also difficult to embrace and I think a lot of people need to um, understand that they do need to grieve. Yeah. It's a part of the process. Yeah. Like he said, it's an experience. True. So it's a part of the process, and you actually have to embrace the grieving portion because what you was explaining in your, your journey, mm-hmm. you were trying, you was in fight-or-flight mode. Right. You was just trying to do everything to keep you from thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then when it actually spontaneously combusted, mm-hmm. you was really incapable to control your emotions, which the loud scream, yeah. going black, you was out of control. You was out of, you had an out-of-body experience. And it took someone doing something that you was related, that related to you mm-hmm. to bring you back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. um, you come from a, a background of everybody in the church. Prayer is something that you gravitate to. Mm-hmm. So someone praying in your ear brought you back to who you were. Yeah. For somebody else, it could be their mom whispering in their ear and saying, baby, I love you. Mm-hmm. And that'll bring them back because that's what they are gravitated to. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in the, in the whole process of grieving, just from a, a standpoint of a coach, I just want you to deal with this. Because as he clearly stated, you're not gonna be able to control the anniversaries. Mother's Day is gonna come around again next mm. year yeah. and the following year. Her birthday is gonna come around. Yes. The date of her death. Yes. That one moment that you had where y'all was somewhere mm-hmm. and you had a, you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if you're in a, gr- a store, right. it comes. The thing is to be able to get your mind around dealing with your emotions in that moment. Let your present be your presence. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Your presence in that moment, let that be your presence that you give yourself because being in that moment mm-hmm. and governing your thought process is what's going to keep you from bottling up then, then tomorrow bottling up again. Yeah. Then you don't did it for a whole year. Next thing you know, you blew up on your best friend who you love dearly, but they don't understand what, what kind of trauma you have put yourself personally through right. because of your lack of ability to grieve, you know? So how, and I, and I want to hear from the both of you, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm just going to put myself in a hot seat. My trauma, how do I deal with that outside of talking to a therapist? How, how, how else do I deal with that? I'm going to do the coaching, and I'm going to let you, because you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If you don't mind, um, me being a friend of you, mm-hmm. right? Right. And... You speak to me about certain things. Mm-hmm. We may not go fully in depth, but you speak to me about certain things. And because um, you matter to me as a friend first, mm-hmm. but also because I am a coach, mm-hmm. um, when I listen to you speak about your trauma, mm-hmm. the first thing I notice is that you're fully aware of what your trauma is. That's the first step. Okay. Um, the second is... I also see that is um, it's a process that you're going through, mm-hmm. like, and it's not comfortable for you in this moment, which is the reason you may need to seek someone to actually talk to because being in that is not comfortable because um, you haven't begun the initial process of healing right. because you always trying to be so strong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to not be so strong. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's okay not to be okay. Okay. And um, me personally, I would, my advice to you <coughs> from a coaching standpoint mm-hmm. of dealing with your trauma is to continue 
to have those conversations with the therapist, mm-hmm. but also to pay attention to what your mindset is in those moments where you feel like you just, you don't want to go to work that day. Mm-hmm. You just want to just lay around the house. Mm-hmm. And you know it all is revolving around the fact that um, for those that are listening, from a coaching standpoint, you have to listen to everything. So I heard you say that you still live in the house. Yes. Where your mom trans. Transition. You know yes. what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you still. So that in itself is traumatic. Yeah. You have to walk by that location. Yes. In your home. Daily. Daily. Yes. And that is <coughs> like looking death in the face, in a sense. You know what I mean. Yeah. Now. I I always know, and uh, most of us know that um, we understand the concept of transitioning. We know we live to die. That doesn't make it that easier to deal with. We also know that as well. Right. But I think a lot of us are, um, when it comes to dealing with our trauma, Mm -hmm. we become our own killer. Mm. Expound on that. Because we hold ourselves accountable for what we wasn't able to tell mom before she left. Um, what we didn't do before mom left, what we could have done differently before mom left. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why did why did mom have to be here? Could I have done something differently when mom was in my house? Yeah. And you and yeah. you and you you berating and beating up yourself. Yeah. Mind you, you still haven't grieved. Mm-hmm. You still haven't healed. Mm-hmm. You still have triggers. You still have trauma. And then that's when I can clearly be like, you know what? This is out of my field. I'm gonna give you the tools needed to b- keep your mindset and focus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can give you what you need to do when the death happens. Marcus is gonna be the one that have to cultivate a, a systematic approach of how you deal with death moving forward. Mm. Because you have to pull back all the layers at that point. Right. I'm gonna go only to so, so far. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go the rest of the way. Gotcha. And that goes back and forth. If you're already at that point and you need Marcus, Marcus takes you there, and then I can take you on the journey in the right. other light. So that's me personally. I think um, I wouldn't use the word dealing with it mm-hmm. because it gives you um, a, a barometer of what you can versus what you can do. Right. Um, I just say my um my journey, my journey in this. You know yeah. what I mean? Because when you're on a journey, you're gonna have dark days, light days, winter days, cold days. True. But you're still gonna tarry on because that's your journey. Absolutely. So I would just use modify the verbiage so you can change the mindset. Modify the verbiage so you can change the mindset. Yeah. Got it. Um so from from a therapy standpoint, we be work looking at two things, right? So uh-huh. we're looking at uh trauma and grief. Uh, trauma is trauma is actually uh, a part of our innate ability to flash back. Uh, so our ability to flash back as human beings is, is sort of a gift and a curse because that's right. where trauma comes in. Right. Uh, is we go we we have this uh, sense to um, sort of in our minds relive that experience. Uh, there's certain things that trigger that to happen, mm-hmm. uh, right? Being that you live in a home, mm-hmm. right, could be a constant trigger. Uh, you know, the the day or the anniversary uh, of which it happened could yes. then be a trigger. Mm-hmm. And so, as a therapist, I'm, you know, we would we would look to see which is primary, which sounds 
more so like the trauma, mm-hmm. right, we would have to deal with first and then move into uh, the process of grief. And the reason I say that is because I would even have to find out if you're grief, if you're at that stage right, right. now where you're grieving, mm-hmm. right? I, w- I would have to know that you're at that stage. So the right. one thing that I would have to uh, look at as a therapist is uh, let's deal with the trauma because it sounds like more so the trauma is uh, the the huge factor here right. uh, outside of the grief. And yeah. so in dealing with the trauma, mm-hmm. that could then bring up emotions that could then trigger that grief right uh i i really can't say if that's a bad or good thing mm-hmm. uh it, we could say it's a good thing because now you're grieving in the course of therapy and we can deal with that piece yeah. of it uh but certainly first we would i would uh certainly deal with the trauma piece mm-hmm. uh first and, and in dealing with that we c- there's there's a couple of things uh i could deal with it from what you call a cognitive behavioral therapy standpoint right mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that would be then addressing the, your cognitive process and teaching you uh, some things that's going through your cognitive process, right? Mm-hmm. And here's why trauma and grief are so complex mm-hmm. uh, is because you experience different emotions, right. right? That trauma, when you walk in a house and walk past that place, right, you could feel some sort of fear or anxiety. So I then, feel sometimes anxiety. We would have to deal with that, right? Yeah. So then I would have to show you how to manage how to manage uh, that level of anxiety. So then there may be within a context of behavioral therapy called what you call uh, exposure therapy. Okay. Uh, and so I'll take I, I could take you through this process of exposure therapy, meaning that we can either in the course of therapy have the discussion of what you see. Uh, have you relived that situation, right? Right. Uh, and then address your feelings. I'm pausing in between asking you how you feel, and then uh, we're we're going through your emotions as we go through that. Right. The other thing is I can assign you uh, an assignment of going through that area where it happened and then journaling uh, your feelings as, you, as you're there. Okay. You know, I may tell you to sit there for maybe about 20 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then just as you're sitting there journal everything that you're feeling while you're sitting there okay. uh, and so what that does is is it pulls out all of those emotions I'm pulling mm-hmm. everything out yes. of your emotions uh, so that we can deal with every one of those emotions right uh, and there's there's another so then when you get to grief mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's there's other things that you could do uh, there's a gestalt technique uh, that some therapists uh, may use, uh, but you can actually uh, utilize this on your own. And, and uh, uh, Coach Jarvis kind of touched on it a little bit. He, he explained it just a little bit. Uh, but it, it's, it's uh, what he was telling you towards the end uh-huh. uh, was uh, it's, a, it's actually a gestalt technique. It's called uh, regrets, resentments, and appreciations. Okay. And so you think mm-hmm. about the things that you regret, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You think about, you know, that individual, if there was any sort of resentment right. that you had for that individual. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the appreciations, what you appreciated about that individual. And so what you're doing there is is you're going through and pulling out everything that you felt. And you're being totally 100% honest about everything that you felt for that individual Mm -hmm. because what you're doing at that time is you're not totally laying to rest your grief Mm -hmm. you're laying to rest the intensity of that grief right to to kind of squeeze that grief down to 
uh, a, a manageable state. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's valid. All of this is valid. And I hope that our listeners today are taking notes as well. Um, the one thing that's always been a stigma in our community is that word therapy. Right. Mm-hmm. We think it's such a bad word, but it is not. It is needed. I need some now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's needed in the worst way in the community. Yes, and it is. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, and it's funny because, you know, I, I go to events. Uh, I, I was actually a, uh, I was a therapist in an elementary school uh, in a predominantly black community. And uh, I was offering, the school had me there offering free therapy services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I was at a fair and we had this fair and I had a booth there. Uh, with the organization that I was with, and mm-hmm. right next to my booth was free book bags. Wow! So you had free book bags, and you had free therapy services. And as people were passing by, they would walk straight past, you know, my Yours. booth, uh, and go to the free book bags. <laughs> and the line was real long in the, in for the free book bags. And so as people were standing in line in front of my booth, uh, it kind of prompted them to turn, kind of turn and just say, hey, what do you, you know, mm-hmm. wh- what, are, what services are you offering? And so I said, well, I'm a, I'm a mental health therapist, I offer therapy services. And so they said, well, I don't need therapy because, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> That's the first uh, thing they I'm always not, say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. nothing I'm wrong not, with me. I'm, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Things like that. And so I just, the therapy is not for, and I just want to clarify something really quick. Oh, please do. Therapy is not for people who are in the state of, and I quote, crazy, mm-hmm. uh, right? So then when we say crazy, what that means is is that somebody is operating below uh, the, their baseline level of functioning. Uh, and so it's it typically when somebody's in that state, they're at a higher level of care called an acute level of care, which is an inpatient uh, mental health hospital mm-hmm. uh, or a subacute care, which is a partial hospitalization or mm-hmm. some sort of intensive outpatient treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, my job as a therapist is uh, a couple of things is to, one, help realign, mm-hmm. uh, maintain, mm-hmm. and to resolve, okay. right? right? And so I may be helping you to realign your mindset, mm-hmm. right? I may be helping you to maintain some sort of uh, sobriety or maintain some side of uh, some sort of level of coping mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm resolving motivations uh, for uh, those emotions that you're experiencing yeah uh, or I'm helping to resolve motivations for uh, self-defeating behaviors that you may be engaging in mm-hmm. and so those are the things that I engage in as a therapist and so some people may come see a therapist because they just need to talk and get things out yeah mm-hmm. that's totally fine some people may come to see a therapist because uh they may be going through uh, a situation in their family and they need assistance in uh, uh, uh resolving that issue mm-hmm. while i don't exact while i don't ex- resolve the issue i'm trying to take you through the process to help you better to resolve that that issue so you could be perfectly fine and everybody should know therapists Mm -hmm. see therapists right therapists see therapists we it is actually uh uh, an ethical practice for us to have what you call a supervisor 
And so that supervisor actually takes on a uh, a, a heavy load. Okay. Uh, just because now they're seeing uh, uh, a therapist, right, who uh, is coming to them for not only clinical advice, but then that, ther- that supervisor also serves as, hey, I'm a little stressed out in this situation. Because one thing that we experience mm-hmm. is vicarious trauma. Right. Uh, vicarious trauma yes. was created for therapists, right? Because right. those individuals we uh, uh, that come to us who are dealing with trauma mm-hmm. or grief, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- that individual that specializes in that area may see five or six people in a day, back to back. Experience that now think about what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You're seeing five or six people mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. By the time Friday comes, That's right? Yeah. Think about what you got. Think about yes. what's in your yeah. thoughts and what you yes. have to do. Right. Everything that's been dumped right into mm-hmm. your tank and, and you are about time Friday comes, whatever you know, you're you've given you've given all you can give. Mm-hmm. Uh and so now all of that stuff is in your mindset. So think about what you have to have to deal with. And so uh I just want to say it's it's a, a therapy is a human process. I understand, especially in a black community uh, it's understandably the you know there's a good reason as to why we don't because mental health has been used against us mm-hmm. uh, over time. It's been used to uh, to to degrade us. It's been used to justify racism. Yes. Uh, it, back in the uh, 70s and 80s in the crack era, uh, there was no uh, there was no treatment. It was lock them up. Mm-hmm. Now right. they're saying now all of now it's it's about treatment. Now it's about let's treat. Uh, and, and provide treatment. And mm-hmm. so now, you know, you've got all of these leftover generations. You've got all these leftover generations of uh, of children mm-hmm. now. And, and, and us, you know, you find it in most 80s and 90s uh, children who had those parents who were uh, addicted to drugs that didn't receive treatment. You got us now who are older and there's some sort of resentment towards our parents mm-hmm. when we didn't even realize back then that they were actually experiencing a disease. And so for good reason, mm-hmm. you know, the black community has kind of strayed away from uh, uh, the aspect of therapy. But, you know, now it's more and more of us are starting to become more educated. Research is starting to uh, uh you know, be put out by African Americans, and so uh, I, I would encourage, I would encourage individuals, you know, uh, especially people in the black community, to uh, get that treatment. Right. It's a lot of us here. Uh, it's a lot of us here, mm-hmm. and, and and there's more of us to come in this field. Yes. Yes, indeed. I um, agree. Did you want to expound on that? No, he covered that pretty okay. pretty decent. <laughs> I I I wanted to just um pretty much say um because I'm I'm the mindset guy mm-hmm. and a and a, a lot of those that are in your collectives uh-huh. um they don't have very many people that have to speak for them, which right. is the reason why in my mind mm-hmm. and the way my mind works, you have to push them to the forefront because when you have a love and respect for someone and you know what dealing with trauma feel like, yeah. and you know what hurt feel like, yeah. and they're put in positions where they don't have no one to hurt with or around, Right. you have to establish a platform if you are a friend. Yes. And that comes a lot with a journey and being a coach because, you know, 
some people just want somebody to listen to them and understand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is somebody else there for them outside of a family member, mm-hmm. outside of a friend they knew when they was kids who don't even know the real them now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when we put, when you asked me to be here, mm-hmm. I immediately, when you read that quote, I forgot all about it. I had that quote in my bio. When I say I come here to di- di- um, disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed, mm-hmm. when you think about that in a larger scale, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're doing because there's a lot of people who take advantage that they have their mama here. Right. They Those are the comfortable ones. Yes. You kn- Absolutely. And we overshadow and overlook something that is near and dear mm-hmm. and can't be replaced. Right. And is we have someone directly to the right or the left of us mm-hmm. who may be experiencing some of the worst trauma ever because they don't have what we have and we take advantage of it right. and we take that for granted. That's what I immediately thought about when I was thinking in terms of what I want just from a coaching standpoint, shift your mindset a little bit. Stop being, come outside of yourself from time to time. You'll vibrate on a higher level because when you're able to sit back and communicate and apply concepts and steps from a therapy standpoint mm-hmm. and incorporated from a coaching standpoint it enhances your ability to cope right because you're never going to be fully okay true i agree it's a continual process it's mm-hmm. a journey mm-hmm. it definitely is um and <laughs> uh, my spirit tells me that that there are some that are listening or like well all you got to do is just just go to the lord and just pray and and you know he gonna make it all right he'll get you through you know what i agree with that but at the same token i feel like god got therapists on earth for a reason (laughs) god got life coaches on earth for a reason and i believe that he channels through them to help those that are in need of mindset shifting and to deal with some trauma i truly believe that I, I I am totally sold out. I am a believer. I believe in prayer. I believe in the scriptures that I read and share with others. However, there is nothing wrong, ladies and gentlemen, with getting some help. It makes a difference. I've been in therapy um, for about two months now. I think it's been about two months. And uh, and I and I stepped out and did it because um, a very close friend of mine uh, felt like and and just told me straight up, you, you, you need to get some help. You, you need some therapy. It's, and 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 it came from a place of love. I, I truly believe that um, because the, the, the individual saw some things in me that I had not recognized in myself. And um, and I did. And once I sat down and thought about it and prayed about it, I truly, truly believed um, that, that that was what I needed. And when I started it, I'm just going to share that part of my journey, too. That first session was, whoo, it was rough. That was rough for me. You had to unpack. Whoo, unpack? Go back to when you was the little girl Ooh. with the old school dresser with the gold oh, little knobs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That was, yeah. oh my God. I was like, uh, oh God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. 
but I'm grateful for um for uh, my therapist. Uh, she's she's very patient with me, and um, she does allow me to to get everything out. Um, and she comes with a lot of um, experience, and and I can say it, it has truly been helpful. Um, now she she wasn't the one that helped me to understand the trauma. <laughs> but uh she she's definitely uh been helpful in allowing me to just look things dead in the face things that I that has happened that I put on the back burner um and we're all good at that it's like okay this happened mm, I gotta keep moving I can't dwell on this right now I, I gotta keep moving so to be able to go back and face those things um it's been life-changing think about it though most of the things that we put on a back burner, things that we don't d- uh, want to dwell on, yeah. are things that we cannot control. What we do is right. is we put we make priority everything that we can control, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And we put everything on a back burner that we can't control. Right. The one thing that we, you know, if if, if the one thing that we have difficulty controlling is our emotions Mm -hmm. right that's why we suppress them yeah right you don't want to have to deal with the hurt the the anger the frustration you know and 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 especially you know i I counsel a lot of men Mm -hmm. uh and and that's one of the things that they have a difficult time and so when men when when i see men in therapy Mm -hmm. i put out like i i I have this uh uh thing where uh I, i i put out an emotional garbage can Wow. And when I and and it it's amazing because you know when we sit down, uh, you know one of my first questions is is, uh, what has brought you to this point? Mm-hmm. And that's my first question. And you won't believe what comes out, and what's dumped off mm-hmm. from just you know, that question. Yeah. Just that question. Yeah. I, just that question. I haven't. I you you you're here, and you know you're they're they're crying, they're bawling, mm-hmm. and. I haven't even dug yet. We wow. haven't even scratched. I haven't even gotten started. Wow. I haven't even gotten started. And so it's, you know, it, it's amazing the things that, though, we, we, we put a lot of stuff on a back burner just because we can't control it. We right. prioritize everything that we can control because it, it, it makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to put the rest of this stuff back and I'm I'm just going to deal with what makes me feel better. It's sort of a, 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 a self-medication to deal with, to to deal with what we're going through. Yeah. And I think the the <laughs> the the one thing on this journey um since mama's transition was uh I I there was a time when I felt like I was about to lose it. So I went to the doctor. You know what they did, Marcus? Prescribed. Prescribed yeah, medication. Mm-hmm. Let me put you on some Prozac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me put you on some uh They finna make you pills. crazy. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was like, I don't feel right. It yeah. just didn't feel right to be on it. So I'm a I'ma say this and then I'm because a lot of people in my community get offended when I say this. Okay. And medication so medication has its purpose. I don't want to disregard medication. Okay. Like to some okay. degree, medication has its benefits. It's been researched. But the one thing that you have to consider when you're taking medication 
some medication shuts off parts of your brain. Uh, it shuts off uh, some cycles in your brain. So uh, uh, some medication, so individuals with schizophrenia, it's been uh, found that they have an increased level of serotonin. And so when they take medications, right, that medication mm -hmm. may shut off that part of the brain that, that produces uh, uh, that serotonin. Mm -hmm. And so then what happens? Well, well, what happens? Your brain is a muscle. When you're not working that muscle, right? right. When you're not working that muscle, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that muscle gets weak. Right. Uh, so take individuals who, who, who may have issues with anger. Uh, most of them may take a medication uh, like Depakote. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when individuals get to a certain level of Depakote, they get their levels, Depakote levels checked every so often. When they get to a certain level uh, uh, or they have to go see a new psychiatrist, then that psychiatrist may do a mad wash and take them off all those medications or they may take them off that medication. And then what happens when they come off of that medication, they may experience even more of an intense episode of anger than they experienced before they start taking the medication. And the reason being is because that medication takes and suppresses uh, certain processes in your brain. And so you're not using it, mm -hmm. but it does that, you know, in, in order for uh, you to, to uh, feel the effects or it to relieve you of the symptoms. But mm -hmm. it's, it's, you have to remember when you're taking medication, there's a give and a take when it comes to medication. Right. Right. I went ahead and took my own stuff off of it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even talk to it. I just did. It. I just <laughs> yeah. got off of it myself. Yeah. And um and just started uh placing my energies and you know, whenever I felt that feeling of I'm about to lose it, I just would just take my energy somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um and, and that was very helpful to me. Um the one thing that uh I didn't wanna do is just keep medicating and medicating and not dealing with it. I really, really just wanted to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And the one thing, my mother, she doesn't have a lot of regrets in her life, but the one thing she did regret was that when my brother, I had an older brother um, that uh, passed away back in 91. I was 17, and my, my brother, my baby brother was like, um, let's see, three, he was about, maybe, oof, he was about 13, I guess, 13, 14. But, you know, we were still kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, losing a sibling is life-changing, too. And uh, she said she regretted not, not taking us to therapy. And so that was another nudge mm -hmm. that made me go ahead and do it. I was like, I, okay, I, I didn't do it when, when my brother went, but I'm, I'm going to do it now. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm grateful to God for my friend urging me to do that and, and and it, it truly has given me the courage to even do an episode like this. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever been more transparent with the world in my life. And um, <laughs> you know the thoughts going through my mind right now, but I, I, I feel like uh, I'm taking on responsibility and accountability. Right. Um, not only for me, but uh, for those that I know and love that are dealing with the same thing but haven't taken those steps. And I just want to assure them, with, especially with your expertise and with Jarvis's expertise, that mm -hmm. it is okay yes. to take mm -hmm. that step of getting the help that you need in order to just move on. And, um, and it's not that you're, you're forgetting, 
um, you know, your mom or your loved one. It's not that. It's just being able to function. Yes. You know, that's that's all. You know, they certainly wouldn't want us down here suffering. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 make the best of it and get the help that we need, and uh, do what we need to do. Finish your assignment so that you can hopefully see them again. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, I am just grateful uh, for I, I, I you know when we talked before we said that that this would definitely uh, probably be a two part <laughs> yeah episode mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes. I I have a lot of questions in my mind right now because I do want to go a little deeper, um. Uh, with 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 trauma, with getting the help that you need, understanding the differences between having a life coach and having um a therapist, um even having a spiritual counselor or right. or a Christian advocate for yourself, however you want to call it, mm-hmm. um. You know, having those influences and, and, and that help, it is okay. But I do want our community to understand the difference. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, a difference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be talking about no kind of medication. <laughs> 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 I'm going to so, see the bark. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am eternally grateful to the both of you. And I do want to bring you back. So please say yes. Yes. Of course. Uh, come, yeah. come on, man. Um, Definitely. Yeah, like she got to twist our own song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dog. Uh, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know about that, dog. It was the red blazer. Yeah, I mean, it was the red blazer. I don't know if I'm going to come back. Then, yeah, dog. it was the red blazer. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> right. I'm going to let it go. You I'm know it go. what? It's the red blazer. Next time, I'm going to have a whole shoot on. Can't be with the red blazer. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but but um before um I do want to say this because um we get a bad rap sometimes and I want to mm-hmm. speak up for us when you go seek a coach or a therapist please vet them don't go mm-hmm. seek a therapist who don't have a therapist don't go and seek a life coach that hasn't experienced life mm-hmm. find you somebody who really is passionate about what they do because I'm passionate about this and I get tired of a a bad image being projected on me because of something somebody was just doing for a couple dollars Mm -hmm. because you know they can use this because it can be fruitful at times right if it's utilized in a certain format Mm -hmm. but yeah find you somebody who is really about their craft and someone who's really standing on what they believe and they're actually laying the footprints in the sand they're not just giving you like a fictitious utopia of what you could possibly do right. they're actually showing you the physical and the, the you can tangibly see it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not just conversation yeah. and tangible things y- mm-hmm. you can okay I see what you got going on for yeah. real yeah ask those questions right yes. get it, get that free consultation in Definitely. and then for you know and, and you were mentioning the individuals who uh, have, have certain religious beliefs mm-hmm. uh, you know whether it be Christianity or other religion mm-hmm. ask that therapist Right, would you know? Or would they be able to deal with you expressing right. your right. religious beliefs? Uh, what is their What is their take on uh, you know uh, the counseling somebody with a religious you know their religious belief and right. understand that uh, that therapy and theology could coexist. Mm-hmm, they uh, can. Your beliefs can coexist because my job is not to uh, my job is, is is not to give you Bible scriptures and things like that. 
my job is to help get you back to reading mm-hmm. those Bible scriptures, right. yes. get you back yes. to your meditation practice of praying. Prayer is meditation. Yes, Prayer yes. is mindfulness, mm-hmm. right? And so if you tell me you're a Christian and that you pray, and, and you know, I'm not just going to tell you to pray. Uh, I'm going to say do it with intention. What are you right. intending yes. to go do in your prayer what is your focus uh in your prayer and so that's my job as a therapist is to help refine those things right. not to give you those things and encourage them but to just help you refine those things because they're tools right yes absolutely man that was good <laughs> um and uh and and marcus you and i had a dialogue yesterday yeah we were talking about religion versus relationship and I've said this since day one. I am an advocate of, of promoting that it's all about relationship. Religion is man-made. Just ponder on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they killed Christ and created religion unexpectedly. You gonna do Jay Z? Oh for real? God, he got to go deep. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that's that. That is the coldest was, thing ever was, said yeah, by a mortal man. It was a hot rap. It was. Bar, I screamed. That I was, was like, Oh my God! That, that is the because it goes over so many people's heads. He came with that. He did. I thought I was the only one. No, it's it's a whole it's a whole book. It's a whole book. Probably Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm-hmm. In yeah. that bar, yeah, 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 yeah. That was dope. You gotta do your homework. Yeah, yeah. do your homework, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But thank you so much. Oh, thank you for um for coming and and just um you know sharing your expertise um with this and this is not an easy thing to talk about mm-hmm. um and uh, I just appreciate you giving your time today and your time in the future. Uh, <laughs> uh, to talk more on this, um, Marcus, uh, let the listeners know where they can find you. You can find me on cliniciansofcolor.com, therapyforblackmen.com or .org, uh, therapyforblackmen.org. Uh, you can email me uh, for uh, at holisticpartnersnetwork at gmail.com. Um, you can always email me for a free consultation. And Coach Jarvis. You can find me um, all over the radio scene with Situations <laughs> Media Entertainment, <laughs> 1026 The Situation, where we're actually recording this podcast. Right. You can find me at passionpurposecoaching.com, Passion Purpose Coaching on all platforms. And if, as Marcus stated, you want a free consultation, you can email me at Jarvis at passionpurposecoaching.com. All right. And um, before I close out, uh, I do want to thank, um, not thank, I want to thank, it's <laughs> <laughs> my southern draw. Uh, I want to thank uh, everyone that has purchased a copy of Soulful Affirmations. Um, it's 365 days of just speaking uh, positively, positivity over yourself. And I appreciate the support. And I even got... Um, a testimonial this morning about how it has truly blessed uh, someone's spirit. So please, 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 if you have not gotten your copy, and I'm not begging, but I'm just saying, though, you know, you have what you say. You have what you say. So you might as well get a little help right. and, uh, and and get those words of encouragement and speak over yourself. So you can check me out on akdauthor.net. 
I'm also on um, all the uh, social media platforms, uh, Twitter. I am. Uh, I think I'm Angel K74 on Twitter. On uh, Instagram is I am Angel K. Uh, Spiritual Fortitude has its own Instagram page too, and I'm also on Facebook as Simply Angela Kennel. I am just so uh, uh, grateful. This has been very helpful and therapeutic for me alone. And um, I do want to wish all mothers, all mothers, a happy Mother's Day. And those of you that still have your mothers, one thing I charge you to do is don't take that for granted. Don't take it for granted. Tell her you love her. Even if you don't think she deserves to hear it, tell her anyway. Give her a hug. Love on her. Because there's so many of us that can't do that. Let me go to God in prayer right now. Father God, thank you so much for yet another day. Thank you for the opportunity to host your podcast. You gave this to me, and I will never forget that. And I honor you for that, for giving me the uh, opportunity to just spread your word, spread your messages of love and grace and honor um, among the masses. Um, I thank you so much for um, placing in my spirit to have this episode today. I only want you to use me however you see fit, and I am grateful that you not only used me, but you used my colleagues as well here at the radio station. God bless Jarvis and Marcus, and please add an extra blessing on what they do, what they do daily for individuals. And I give you glory and honor for their gifts. God bless 102.6 The Situation and everybody involved with the radio station. Um, thank you for the opportunity uh, to be aligned with such a wonderful and eclectic group of individuals. It's truly been a blessing, God, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy that you've expounded on us each and every day. When we wake up and open both of our eyes, you've already given us two gifts, and I'm so grateful for that, and I say thank you. For everybody out there that's hurting right now and missing your mama, just know she misses you too. And that with the help of God, you'll get through it. Just take it one day at a time. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives that allows us to take it one day at a time and get through it each and every day. I am grateful for the victory because of what Jesus did. I know that I am not alone, and for that, I am extremely grateful. Until next time, Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, three things I want you to do until we meet again. Number one, pack your patience. Number two, <laughs> number two, What's my number two? I can't remember my number two. I cannot remember my number two. I know somebody out there remembers. Pack your patience. Protect your peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Protect your peace. And lastly, <laughs> walk in love. <laughs> Golly, I forget that. <laughs> 
I actually thought you was joking. No, <laughs> I was serious. <laughs> I was about to say it, but I thought she was joking. No, I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason I was looking at you like, Are you serious? You were looking at me crazy. Yeah, because I thought she was joking. Ladies and gentlemen, I could not remember that. Yes, protect your peace. Please protect your peace. Pack your patience, protect your peace, and definitely walk in love. Thank you, everybody. Until next time, love you to life. Bye-bye. Let me hear the worshipers. Where's all of my praises? I want everybody around the world to put your hands together because all the praise belongs to God. Here we go.
your hands and praise him now. He's worthy of the praise. I don't care what you've been through. Just know that praise is bringing you out right now. Nobody can get praise for God tonight. Come on, clap them hands. 